What's going on, guys? You're listening to the CNC Replay. I'm Corey. I'm Noelle. And there's no Chris. It's just the two of us. Sorry that you have to listen to just two people instead of three. We don't have any special guests either. Um, so we're 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 doing it. That, that, that's that's I, yeah. That's all we, we can It's really not like say. we haven't done this before. Right. No, have we? I th- yeah. Chris has been gone by, like a couple times. I know, but was it just us the first time, and then it was Delaney, and then it was Brecken? No, I mean like a while ago. Like oh, uh, maybe yeah, yeah. four episodes in. It was oh, just us. okay. Yeah, maybe. Wow, that was a long time ago. What episode right? are we on? Like This is 22? Oh. 20? It's our Kershaw 22. episode. This is 22. It is our Kershaw episode. That's pretty spectacular. Oh my gosh, are all of the are, are all of the twenties just getting people attached to them now? They have to, right? What did we What did we say for twenty one? We didn't say anything for twenty one. The Clementi, the Clementi episode, Roberto Clementi. Bro, I don't know. Clemente, I guess is all the I word. No, is that there's a Kobe year? There's a what? Your what year, year is that? The Kobe year. That's year twenty four. Okay. And your Jordan years 23. There you I, go. Don't come at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, the two of you guys don't know anything about basketball, so I have to I have to I know those two. Okay, sorry, my bad. I watched Space Jam so many times as a child. Mm, there it is. There it is. So you're excited <laughs> you're excited for Space Jam. No, not oh, at all. Gotcha. No, that is a classic that should not be remade. They should have just let it be. LeBron James, you can have the Jordan-LeBron debate. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. We've already taken one basketball superstar and forced him into... Not forced him. I'm sure he was enthusiastic to do it. But made him an actor when he's not supposed to be an actor. You can't do that twice and have it work the same way. Did you watch The Last Dance over Pandemic? I didn't. That was like the one thing I didn't get to. You you need to because that is... like. Not only is it like cinematically very well put together, but they talked about Space Jam and the filming of Space Jam. And it wasn't just like Michael Michael Jordan was just like being a superstar and like showing up for like an hour to film. Like, no, like he had like all-star practices. So like he'd film all day and then like all NBA, like Charles Barkley. Um, I don't think Stockton was in it, but like a bunch of... NBA superstars came to Warner Brothers Studios to play pickup basketball, and that's how Michael trained in the off season was having all of these stars come. I, I mean, it's fascinating. Just that listening, is fascinating. Just listening to it. it's ten parts. It also gave us a great meme. Oh that yeah, I, and I took that personally. Yes, fantastic meme. A plus. I also wanted a ton of retro like NBA stuff after watching the Last Dance. Did. But I didn't get any because uh, I spent my money in other ways, like buying Legos. <laughs> Legos and jerseys. Right. Corey well, so Cicina I, and two items. What else was I going to have to buy? Or, I mean, what else was I going to do throughout my day? I had the last dance at night, and then I had to do something else with my day after work. So. I don't know, bro. You live a on a, or you lived, you don't live there now, but you lived on a lake. There's so many things to do. I did live on a lake. Yes, I paddleboarded a lot, I think. And then I rollerbladed too, but makes sense. Picked up some rollerblades before everything was super super shut down, but regardless, we are not talking about a pandemic anymore. Um we are talking no. about Det- 
Detroit area sports because that's what we're made for. Um, we didn't talk about order, but I feel like we should just talk about the just Tigers right in. now. Just go into the Tigers. I mean, they're, they're the one with the biggest news, right? So we might as well just go into them. Correct. Um, yeah, that was very disappointing. Just an incredibly disappointing. They had, I think they had the lead. You're going to have to be more specific. There are several things you could be pointing to right now. No, I'm talking about the just the Twin Series in general. So we had a bunch of momentum going in. People were like, oh, this has some 2006 Detroit, Detroit Tigers feel. And like, yeah, maybe they were playing really well. They were beating bad teams. They beat Chicago like in a, in a series. So like, I mean, Chicago is your first place team in the division, and they probably have one of the best starting rotations from top to bottom in the American League. So you get excited, and then you go to Minnesota, who's not very good at all, um, and you just kind of get polywopped, if that's a fun word to use. But I, I, I think... Where did you get that word? Polywopped? I feel like I've heard it. Some some grandparent had used it before. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Continue, please. But, yes, polywopped. That, that's probably going to be the thumbnail. Uh, that's going to be our title. <laughs> polywopped. Um, but... Yeah, they go in there. I think they had the lead in the later innings, like I think from the sixth on, in at least two of those games. Sunday they could have very well won. I think they were up four to zero on Sunday, and then I think they were up four to zero on uh, on Friday night as well. Um, and the bullpen just malfunctioned and collapsed. Briefly. Well, they lost two four on Friday, so I don't think that's correct. Oh, okay. Um, well, they had. A, I think they went ahead in that game too. They were up four. Yeah, they were up four nothing on Saturday. So on the oh, second wow. game. jeez, third game, third game. Yeah, that's and then yeah, and then yesterday. And then yesterday, which was it, for all intents and purposes, was a fantastic game. Like probably it one was. of the more exciting games to watch. I mean, Jake Rogers, and I. I will. I will admit. And I was, I was talking to my dad. I called him the other day. We're finally seeing some minuscule, not minuscule, we're finally seeing some production from the Verlander deal. Daz Cameron had been playing well before he got hurt, and Jake Rogers has served himself as at least a very valuable defensive prospect, which is what you were going to get with him. And he doesn't look completely lost at the plate now. Now. Is it worth Justin Verlander? A hundred percent not. But instead of being in the negative in this trade, we're now inching closer to at least net net zero for for the Tigers. Because I mean, if I, in theory, if they got no production out of any of those guys, that that could be the worst trade in Major League Baseball history. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I know you're not. We've heard all. this rant before. And I won't get into it again. Um, but thank you. Uh, the cool thing is, offense is starting to pick up a little bit. Scope has slowed down, um, not hitting the cover off the ball anymore. But you're not going to expect that. Um, again, Cabrera is still quietly having a pretty successful season for as fragile as he is. Um, I think he had a pretty rough series though uh, this weekend. Um, but uh, Akil Badu is playing well continually and I, I i mean i can't name you another rookie in the american league that deserves rookie of the year other than akil badu and if if there is it's probably one of miser scooball yeah 
It's so, also hilarious to me that Badu is a rookie, but that's another story. Anyways. Why is it hilarious? He's only 22. He, I don't know. He strikes me as, I mean, I feel like he's been in the system for so long that he should have been a rookie already. But you know? Like, well, he was I, the rule of five pick. No, I know. I understand. I get it. But the vibes feels, it's weird okay. that he's a rookie. But that that's exactly the thing about Akil Badu, because I've talked about this weeks prior. Like he carries himself as a professional player. He's a he rookie. Does. He's a rookie yeah. who does not strike out very much, and he walks a ton. So while he wasn't hitting very well, his average kind of flatlined because he was getting on base, and those don't count towards your batting average, obviously. Yeah. Um, but now he's starting to figure out he's getting a little bit more looks at lefties. A.J. Hinch was doing a very good job of making sure he was in the best spot to succeed. Um, and now he's consistently hitting leadoff, whether it's a lefty or a righty, um, regardless. Um, so, But the bullpen this weekend was the problem. And that's uh, we get the scaries because that's when is it not the problem. Um, and all those guys who were playing at above their clip um, are now coming back down to earth. I, I just, I just have to say, I, I think unfortunately, Joe Jimenez might be done. Um, just guys mentally, kind of, he's in his head a lot. I don't want to say he's a mental, but I mean that's well known. He's in his head a lot. Also, I, I don't really know what else you can do with Daniel Norris. I feel like every time I see him, he lets at least two guys on base, and as Poor a guy. As a, and I love Daniel Norris. I know, who, I know you do. I also love Daniel Norris. Who doesn't love Daniel Norris? But he's just a good dude, right? So, I mean, I just I don't know what to do, frankly, with him, and it really bothers me because um, for whatever reason he can't find any consistency. Because yeah. um, it was weird. It was like it seemed like at the either the, I can't remember if it was the end of last season or the beginning of the season where he was like more consistent and you're like, Oh, is he finally finding where he's supposed to be in the roster? Finally finding his spot. And now we're just, we're in the middle of season. And now we're like, well, bro, do something, please. Something consistent, not something bad. I, I agree completely. And I think what his issue was like, he would be really, really good for an inning. Mm-hmm. And then after his one inning, he would just fall apart. Yeah. And you can only do so much with those guys. Buck Farmer was like that when he had his, his success here. Um, and he became a highly, not a highly sought after, but he, people called the Tigers for Buck Farmer a couple of years ago. And were like, hey, we want him to be like our setup man. And we didn't, we didn't take those trades. And probably looking back on it now, something out of nothing would have been would have been better um, to swallow. But still, I mean, he's been cut this year and no one wanted him because he couldn't figure it out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, all the magic that Chris Fetter has done with this, you know, at least young starting rotation and with the bullpen because they were pitching really well. Cisnero and Soto, I think, have like a zero ERA or had a zero ERA like for like the past like month and a half until... Uh, this past weekend. I don't know how much Soto pitched this past weekend. I don't think he pitched a whole lot, but um, regardless. Uh, yeah, just weird. Weird struggles, and especially with how much success Fetters had. Uh, I will say this. Um, he didn't pitch this weekend. Okay, that's what uh, I thought. Nope. 
Just kidding. He did? Yeah. Cisner I know Cisnero pitched. Yeah, but... it looks like Soto pitched. Okay. Did he get did he get lit up? Um yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Wasn't That's great. our all-star. That's our all-star. That's our all-star. But anyways. Any the bullpen is a problem. And Corey's having a tour around his house. What are you doing? Uh, my back is hurting me, so I'm trying to sit down in a better spot. Okay. You've just been in, like, three different spots in your room in the last, like, four minutes. Listen, the people don't need to know that. Well, they're gonna know. They're hearing all of this weird mic sound. They're gonna wonder what's up. Oh, you can hear that? Yes, I can hear that. Okay, well, I'm prepped now. I'm good. I've got my handy-dandy uh, Stanley Cup Championship banner behind me that I'm ruining, but that's okay. Okay, are you actually, like, physically holding the mic? Because I can hear your hand on it. Maybe. I can hear that. <laughs> when you move your fingers around, I can hear it. How about now? Yep, still. Can you hear it now? Nope. Okay. Well, we're going to roll with that. Um, we're talking about... Guy who's been mm -hmm. very impressive. Willie Peralta. This guy's an afterthought. Pulled him up from AAA, and um, he also pitched well this weekend. He pitched well against Texas. I think he had seven scoreless innings in Texas, and then he pitched, he pitched five and two-thirds against Minnesota. I think he only gave up one run. Or something like that, um, and again, that's where the Fetter magic comes in. This, this, who is this guy? <laughs> so, and they're talking about he's got a nasty changeup. I was looking at some of his his uh, not his Statcast stuff, but just like some of like the clips that they were showing on Bali Sports. Can't believe it's Bali Sports. Should have just kept Fox Sports Detroit. Sounds so much better. However, ride ride this hot streak or whatever the heck this is. I mean, because. What, That's all we've been doing all season is riding hot streaks of different players. One hundred percent. Who do you who do you have to rely on right now? You have my Scooball, who are now showing consistency, and Willie Peralta, because Urania is terrible. He is awful. He can't find the strike zone at all. And who's their who's their fifth? Are they at a bullpen day? Funkhauser. Funkhauser had a bullpen. Funkhauser was there. Yep. Dude, Funkhauser has been. I I, the, I call him the. You funk. just <laughs> you just love his last name. Yeah. But no, he's pitched really well too, and he was supposed to be a guy that was going to be like a big piece of this Tigers rotation, and I don't think he is. I mean, I don't think they have any plans of converting him to a starter because he's been very effective out of the bullpen. So keep him there. That's how teams have succeeded in Major League Baseball. They've had failed starters converted to bullpen arms, and they've been very good bullpen relievers. Um, look at the Royals. They were masters of that. Wade Davis became their setup man. He was lights out. And I think Ian Kennedy at that time for the Royals was pushed to the bullpen. He was a failed starter. Now he's a pretty solid closer uh, in the majors today. Um, model yourself after that because you're going to have, with all of these starting pitchers you're taking in the draft, you're going to have some failed ones, but that doesn't mean they're a failed MLB pitcher. You get what I'm saying? I do. Yep, I got you. Which brings us to the MLB draft. Da -da -da. Hmm. Da -da -da. So Tigers, I get we totally, I totally forgot about it too. Like I saw, it, like oh the draft, completely forgot about it. 
the draft is today. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't. And honestly, I, I was talking to uh, to my buddy and my roommate. Um, I don't know how these guys evaluate eighteen year olds. Like, nope. I, I, I have no idea. I, I get like that you can obviously you can tell which 18 year olds are better than the other 18 year olds. That's very obvious. But like, how do you compare an 18 year old talent wise to a guy who is graduating college? Cause that's your mix of players you're drafting. Mm-hmm. And just the physical standards between the two and just like regular human beings, not even in, you know, potential prospects, just regular people, regular kids vast difference between the two ages Mm -hmm. and a lot of room for error a lot of room for error and then a lot of room for development or like there's there can be kids that flatline yeah at 18 like i like i had i was a teammate with a guy he was probably our best pitcher in high school he didn't go to the next level but he was lights out Mm -hmm. had great command he had good velocity he played a year at college and didn't want to play anymore and left, left college. Who, who's to say that, the, I mean, Jackson Job and, and Ty Madden are very different players <laughs> compared, compared to my, my friend in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little. Just a little. But still, like, who, who's to say you turn 20 and you've already peaked physically? That happens to people. Um, but regardless, uh, the Tigers drafted uh, Jackson Job, whose like dad is on the PGA Senior Circuit, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, but this kid, 18 years old, uh, he was the Oklahoma State, um, Oklahoma State uh, baseball player of the of the year last year. Uh, Two sport athlete. He's a three time great seasons. Three straight seasons. So, like, the guy is the guy is good. And so, like, all the outrage that was happening over, like, Tiger's Twitter was like, okay, like, I get it. People like, either, either loved it or hated it. Yeah. And it is it is risky because, again, the kid is so young. He's 18, and he already throws super hard. It's like throws, like, 98 miles an hour um, and is 18 years old. I think I threw 60 miles an hour at 18 years old. So that's uh, to put that in comparison. Regardless. um, I mean, I don't... How would I hate this pick? I don't really... He was the number one high school pitcher that you could take in the draft and the Tigers got him. I would have loved to have Jack Leiter because he's a guy who could be available seemingly this year. Uh, The guy's an absolute freak. I would have liked to have Rocker Kumar... Um, but there's some, who's the other Vanderbilt pitcher. Um, there was some issues with his velocity and a lot of people think that he's like, like overthrowing. So like a lot Isn't of there a shortstop that people wanted Marcelo Meyer. Yes. Who fell immediately after to the Red Sox. Yes. But here's the thing. He's also 18 years old. Okay. And I was watching his highlights. I get that there's going to be room for development and growth. The kid's he's 18 years old, and, like, he's a twig. He's, like, 156 pounds. How do you develop? How do you develop? How tall is he? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's not a giant. Okay. And 158 pounds could be completely off. But the, the highlights that they were showing on ESPN of this kid hitting, um, 
I mean, like, oh, yeah, that's a good high school player. But, like, the fourth overall pick? And I, I want to say this is who most people thought was the best player in this draft. So I'm not saying, like, oh, you can't tell. No, many, many smart baseball people, smarter than I, thought that this kid was the best player available in this draft. Um, but he's 18 years old, too. So how can we get mad at the Tigers for drafting one 18-year-old over the other 18-year-old? He's 6'3", 188. So okay. skinny. Yeah, very skinny. Um, and and I was just looking at some of the pitches he was hitting. Like They were like high fastballs. Like He had to get up and reach them. In the minors, some of those, you're not catching up to a high fastball. I don't care. I don't care who you are. You're not going to hit those pitches very hard. There's very few people that can hit those pitches, and one of them is Mike Trout. But can't go can't go a pod without mentioning your boy. Oh, and Shohei, I guess too. But and Shohei. But still, I I, mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't know. I, I, maybe I have to do more research because I feel like I know a lot more about like the NFL draft because I I guess I watch a lot of college football. Maybe even a little bit more about hockey, but also that's still pretty hard to to figure out um nba might be fairly easy but then there's all these european guys that they come in here and and like nobody knows anything about so i, I it's just very very hard to evaluate talent well it's also i mean that's the reason it's a full-time job for several people for a team of people it's not one guy's job to go look at all these folks it's you know every league and every team has a group of people looking at specific details in a guy's game sure so i mean it's the gonna intangibles. be tangibles yeah the intangibles they're you know they're doing interviews they're sitting in on uh in arenas and listening to the people around them and then you know pass it what, what doing the eye test and not just looking at stats like those kinds mm-hmm. of things so that makes sense um i will say this they the tigers got a contemporary pick at the end of the first round, they drafted this guy named Ty Madden. He's a pitcher out of Texas. Um, I like that pick a lot. There's a couple of people that thought that he was going to be a top 10 pick or at least a top prospect in this draft, and we got him all the way at like 33. Um, so there's a reason people fall, but also this is a arm that's closer to Major League ready right now than your third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Again, which what is, is the, super what weird. is the what is what what is the pick that you just mentioned? What is that? Uh, so like, there's like stuff if like free agents or MLB is weird because you can't trade picks in Major League Baseball. But like, if you, it, yeah, it's I don't don't get me started. Um, if you like lose a big free agent to another team, like they sign a massive deal after you like send them like a qualifying offer or something like that, and they sign someplace else, then you get a draft pick in a certain round based off of how much they sign for. Or if you're bad, I think you get picks as well. So it, it's a weird, it's a weird, I'd have to look up on that rule as well. But for example, so is it just like the MLB awards those based on what they evaluate the, the signing to be? I think a little bit, maybe that's interesting. So for example, the reds got a, a cons- contemporary pick at the end of the first round for Trevor Bauer signing with LA because they sent him a qualifying offer and he didn't sign it and he signed 
with the Dodgers that massive deal. So like, all right, you're going to get an extra draft pick because you did mm-hmm. your due diligence to try to extend his contract or something like it's that. It's interesting that the league is involved in that fashion. Uh, I feel like that feels uh, interesting. The NFL does that a little bit too. I think. Yeah. Like sending qualifying out, but those you see those picks in like the third round, not like the first. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't really matter where they go. Like, essentially, those late first round picks are glorified uh, second round picks. So, but Ty Madden's a more MLB ready arm. He's highly regarded. Um, I'd have to look at his stats a little bit. Again, us preparing for this. Maybe I'll have more to say on these guys. Watch their stats. I will say this about Jackson Job. I've had several people reach out to me i have a guy that i interned with in battle creek who works for the oklahoma city dodgers um so home state of jackson job he said he watched this kid pitch freak of nature like they i watched some highlights it was crazy mlb draft was talking about his spin rate naturally he already has a 2900 spin rate on his like curveball um that's elite now yeah like yeah in the majors now that's elite Mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna be mad about it is it because i don't know a whole lot about it maybe um but i see that stat sure and then also i don't care where you're playing if you have a 0.13 era in 52 innings of work That's good. Thumbs up. We like that. Yeah. So, jury's still out on these guys. You'll see, you will definitely see Tide Madden in the majors before Jackson Job, though. 100%. Mm-hmm. I think 100%. probably the bottom line of the Jackson Job pick is really, really, really high ceiling, pretty low floor. Like, there's a lot of. It's a risk. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of leeway for failure in this, but there's also a lot of leeway for really great success. Yeah. And does he know how to pitch? Because he can blow guys away with his fastball or curveball, just nasty stuff. But if he does leaves, does he know how to pitch in the MLB? I think right. He because yeah. we know he knows how to pitch in high school and yeah. the leagues that he was in. But does he know how to? Can he translate that to? Or even just the art of pitching in general. Because like, cause Verlander, when he was, I mean, when he had his great years in Detroit earlier on, he was just blowing people away. You know, he'd throw his fastball and no one could hit it because no one could touch it. And then he'd, he'd have a 76 mile per hour, you know, 12 to 6 curveball and guys would just buckle, right? But now, and you look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks, he doesn't have the velocity, but he has to locate his pitches perfectly. Otherwise, he's going to get ripped apart. And he's had a very good season doing that when he started off pretty slow. I'm not saying Verlander doesn't know how or he didn't learn how, but I think early on in his career, especially in 2006, um, you got a guy who was throwing, not pitching. So that's a problem Job might run into, but that's good because he'll run into it in the minors and it's like, oh, shoot, I've got to figure out how to pitch. Um, But he's got the talent to do so. So regardless, Um, I think we've talked enough about the Tigers. What We're like 30 minutes in. We've talked about the Tigers (laughs) for this whole time. Um, Of I guess we have to talk about so potentially. Um, yeah, just explain. Explain yeah. your situation here, bud. So I, 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 I somehow found my way to the MLB All Star Game. Um, Which, first of all, Corey is just the ability to enter into sporting events. You have this gift. I don't know if it's a blessing from the Lord or what, 
but you have this gift to just end up in these situations where people are helping you get into sports-related events. Chris has done it yes. once or twice for you. Uh, our mutual mm-hmm. friend Robin has done it several times that I'm still salty about uh, this situation. So it's just something I'm a little <laughs> jealous of. And, you know, it's not great, but here we are. Listen, you spend enough time around things that you love. You find connections and some sometimes you talk about things enough. People just do things for you. Um, not to take like advantage of anybody, which I absolutely did not. <laughs> um, but... You know, people see what you have passion for, and then they help you find that passion, and, you know, you make connections that way. So moral of the story, uh, my buddy and my roommate here in Indy knows somebody who works out west uh, for a couple different Colorado sports teams, and we simply just asked because he was talking about that like, he, he could get us or she could get us nuggets, uh, avalanche tickets, like, if we asked. And I'm like, well, does she have connections to the All-Star game? Because it's in Colorado this year. And he's like, I'll ask. So, like, we got word last night um, that she had tickets for us. So we had to scramble and make our way. Moral of the story, I'm spending less than 24 hours in Colorado to go to the MLB All-Star game and fly back so I can be in church by Wednesday night. So I will be – it's going to be if – it, if it happens, because there's some things that – news that came through that uh may not be as sure of a sure thing as i thought it was which is fine because we can cancel flights and do whatever but if it happens (laughs) i'll be in colorado for less than 24 hours to go to the all-star game um i could live report but i'm not sure what i could could i don't know just voice memo to yourself voice memo to your phone we'll insert them in um buy yourself a Shohei jersey or war jersey, depending on how you're feeling. Yeah, the jerseys don't look as bad anymore. I've seen them with the numbers and stuff. Oh, they look better because they were not good. They were horrible, but they have like the cool things. So, like, I saw like Mike Trout's, he's not playing in the game because he's hurt, but on the back of the jersey, they have stars representing, like, under the numbers representing how many all star games they've been in. And Mike Trout's had like 12. So it's like, so like. And it and again, uh, the MLB All Star Game had like a, a patch on the side with a number on how many All Star games they've been into. Um, so this is a new way to show how many All Star games they've. Yeah, I think that's cool. In. It's a cool yeah. little twist. So I could get Gregory Soto's, or I could get an actual good player, but we'll see. <laughs> Regardless, so I might be in the All Star Game. That you might be in the All-Star game? Definitely not in it, but watching it, yes. Okay. I will be watching the game, whether it's in person or at home. What if you become one of those guys that gets onto the field randomly and just sprints around? You fast enough for that? Uh, I had a couple of uh, my students pull a prank on me on Sunday, and they tried to dump, they tried to dump ice on me, and they were too slow. I <laughs> booked it. So maybe I am. Maybe I still have some of my college speed, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to get to see Shohei Otani in person in the All-Star game. Pitch That's and start so the All-Star game and then also bat lead off in the All-Star. I'm pumped regardless. I love the All-Star game. It's like a holiday for me. And I didn't get it last year, but I did get a baseball season last year, so I can't complain too much. Um, so, regardless, that's my that's my soapbox, Corey's crash course, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
I didn't really talk about anything, but you didn't. You just explained your life. I just explained my life. Um, and this has been a day in the life of Corey Sercina. That's me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, what next, Lions? I, you want to jump into that? Yeah, I want. I want. We breaking news. The CNC breaking news from an unknown source because he won't tell me who. The the CNC could have could have unnamed sources for breaking sports news. I'm not going to tell you the sources, but there's there's on the rumor mill that the Lions could be interested in signing or have already signed uh, Marquise Lee. Noel, do you know who that is? I don't. Okay, Marquise Lee was a draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so he's kind of been bounced around in the league for a couple of years. Uh, most recently... Most recently, I think he signed something with the San Francisco 49ers, um, but then was cut because he failed a physical, so that's not great. Um, but, yeah, I heard a rumor that said that the Lions have signed this guy. It's already a done deal. He's basically a 30-year-old wide receiver um, who was drafted by Jacksonville. He had tremendous talent, um, but could never seem to stay healthy i guess um but the point is the lions have a terrible receiving core rashard perriman is their best wide receiver um they had tyrell williams who's okay um and then they got this guy from the titans who i've never heard of and he's our number one slot receiver um the lions are in a situation where they can sign a guy who has tremendous talent but hasn't played or has had injuries or whatever, and they can use them to the advantage, especially in the wide receiver core, the wide receiver room. Um, but just to kind of rattle off his stats a little bit, um, he's as tall as me, so I guess not that tall. Um, Do, does everybody listening know how tall you are? Do you want to try to get uh, a little height there? I'm, I might be taller than him, actually. He's He's registered as six foot. I think I'm six one, maybe. I actually might. I actually, I actually might Close be bigger than this guy. Not bigger, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> definitely not bigger. Um, Are you telling but, me that you have the approximate dimensions of a NFL receiver? Is that what you're no, implying I'm not, here? Maybe my calves. I'm. I might have them beaten my calves, but that's it. I just have. If there's one thing God gift me, gifted me with, it's calves. Um, however, in his in his two seasons where he was like healthy, um, he played 16 and 14 games, and he had um, 851 yards and 702 yards um, and three touchdowns in both seasons. Those are pretty solid numbers. He opted out uh, last year due to COVID. He was traded the the Patriots and didn't want to get sick, which all power to you, makes sense. Um, but I don't know if this if my sources are true. I would like this um, because, again, there's no wide receiver help for the Lions. Your main target is going to be TJ Hawkinson, which is good, but still also TJ Hawkinson would be way more lethal if you had some help on the outsides with your wide receivers. I was gonna say, he can't be the only one or everybody's going to know where the ball's going every single time. Correct. So, yeah. And then Burchard Perriman, I think, is very underrated, but if he's your only option, you've got, you're in trouble. Um 
So I would like this. I know he just got cut for failing a physical, um, but is he got cut by the 49ers. I was saying that. He got yeah. Cut for, yeah, yeah, okay. He, maybe he was just out of shape. I don't know. Still, regardless, this is an NFL talent wide receiver on a, a team that doesn't have a whole lot of NFL talent on it. So I'd sign him, see where, see where it goes, and maybe if he's healthy. Plus, also, if he struggles with injuries um, and he comes to the Lions, he's not going to be the, the bulk guy. Um, and you'll throw in your the rookie, Amon, St. Brown. Um, you'll target Hawkinson. You'll target Perriman, and he won't have to be on the field all the time. But still, if you can get some talent stretched, that's only going to help you. Um, so I hope... My source is right, because that would be kind of fun to see. And we just, I desperately need to know somebody else's name on the wide receiving depth chart. Please, for the love of the Lord. Um, so, yeah. But that's, other than that, we're still right before training camp. We don't have a whole lot of news on the Lions. Um, Dan Campbell hasn't said anything crazy um, recently. So, yeah. That's where we're at. So that's the Lions. That's the Lions. And we went through that in, what, six minutes? Oh, yeah. Super fast. When's, their, when's opening day for them? Uh, is it called opening day? I don't know. That's a baseball thing. What is it called? When's kick, the first game? Kickoff. Kickoff. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Things I should know but don't. Uh, I jargon. think NBA, NBA and NHL are opening nights. Um, okay, that makes sense. Like, but like unofficially, opening day is like, is like a trademark thing. Okay. Because like, like, see, I didn't know that. Well, I, I. No, I know you're not blaming me. I just no, didn't know. Yeah, I, I. It's hard to explain because it's like I don't know, like, um, the Super Bowl, right? That's it's like trademark thing, but it's the NFL championship. So mm-hmm. the there's no name for the NBA Finals. It's just the NBA Finals, right? The the NBA Championship, the world the World Series, right? Yeah. Um, I guess you could say the Stanley Cup Final too. They named it after the trophy. So it's it's like one of those things. I don't really know how to articulate that, but do you get what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, it's more of like an. It's not the official like every. This is on. For ev- like it goes like on the legal sport. paperwork, it's not called that, but it's colloquially, colloquially. Wow, that's a hard word. Uh, yeah. But in you know the zeitgeist of fandom, that's what it's referred to as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. correct. But like, and but opening day is collo- whatever word you just used. That's that. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no such thing for opening night for the NHL, the NBA. Got it. And then but it's kick, yeah, boom. See, we figured it out together. We, did. we got there eventually. There's a lot words of twists, are, but words we made are it. fun. Words are great. I only have a degree in them, so oh, I have a degree in sports, and I'm not working in sports either. So there we go. This is kind of working in sports. You're not making money from it, but <laughs> yeah, I should just tell people I go to so many games. Just hire me to do something. <laughs> You, you don't go. even have to. You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay for my ticket. You can pay me, but <laughs> um, I did get a call from the Red Wings ticket office today. Really? Yeah. Um. Who called me? Let's go look. I think his name's Noah. Poor guy. Yeah, Noah. I don't I know, know his last name. 
I know all about that. That's so unfortunate. But we've talked before. He's nice. Good for him. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? I think we were going on to the next thing. We were going on to the next thing. There isn't any Red Wings yeah. news. Wow. First time ever. First time well, ever. No, it's, it's, I think we talked. No, there is a little bit. Oh, I guess we can talk about Burt rumors. Yeah, there's a lot of Burt rumors that Toronto wants him. But I, again, I don't really. You, you know what? You take that away. Because you, yeah, you're the one so, who brought it to my attention. So basically, I've just seen a couple of people talk about how um, Toronto wanted Burt at the trade deadline last year, but because of his injury that fell through, didn't go the way um, that Toronto wanted it. And now they're resurfacing. Uh, per Elliot Friedman, I think was the tweet that I saw, um, that they're reopening that conversation there has been nothing more firm than that um yeah so it just brought up it sparked a good discussion within our within our group chat of what that would look like and if it was actually something that would even feasibly happen um i think i'm on the i think bert is a fan favorite in the podcast bert just is a fan favorite whoa fan favorite of fans in general people love him but at the same time, he's also one of our more consistent players who is a good support for his line mates in any situation. No matter what line mates he has, he is always either on the same level that they are or pushing them to be better. Um, and so I think I'm on the fence of like King's Ransom for Burt. I would take it. But you can't trade away all of our core. We, like, we need players. We, we, we've we taken a step this season, and we need to be able to move forward in our season next year, in October. Like, that has to be something that we're capable of. I, I think the question is, like, how far along in this rebuild do we think we are? Because it seems like the general consensus of the NHL is that the Red Wings are still, like... Garbage like a few years away from contention. I don't really see it as that, especially with all this cap space that they, if they land a difference maker, like a, like a substantial difference maker in free agency. Okay. When, okay. Yes. Just pause on that thought for a second. When you say contention, do you mean make the cup playoffs or do you mean make the cup finals and actually compete for a cup? Like where's I, I'm your, talking, I'm talking about playoffs. I, when I talk okay. about contention, I talk about playoffs. Okay. I mean, you could get. I mean, look at the Canadians this year. I, yeah. Canadians had a great year, but still, the, we, we. I mean, we talked about this, right? Their mm-hmm. best player is he. Is he a superstar? No. Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson can turn it on and off. Tyler Toffoli had a massive year, but he. I don't. I don't think I saw him on the score sheet in the Cup final. And I mean, I didn't see anybody from Montreal on the score sheet in the Cup final, but um, still, that's a winger. That's a center. And then Corey Perry was getting a ton of minutes, and he signed for the league minimum. So, like, they mm-hmm. they had a very good team, and I said they're constructed like the old Red Wings team. Not the old Red, but like the, the Red Wings teams without Lidstrom and an older Zetterberg and Dotsuk. That's how they were constructed. And yeah, they, like 2015 Red right. Wings. They had a very good defense. Weber was fantastic. Petrie was great until he broke his pinky. Um, besides the point, um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, it, 
has shown you time and time again, if you get in, you have a chance to win. So um, the Kings were an eight seed and they won the Stanley Cup, came back from a 3-0 deficit. So when I say contention, I say I mean playoffs, like playoff contention. And then once you get in, if you're hot, and look at look at the Islanders. They play a great team game. Barzell is the, the closest thing they have to a superstar. And they were missing their, their captain throughout the majority of the year. And they pushed Tampa Bay, who's the best team by far this year, to the brink. Yep. So if you have right. the right players, it's whatever. And Bertuzzi is definitely that kind of guy that's the right player. Doesn't show up on the stat sheet all the time. But, I I mean, the guy's a power play wizard. I feel like he's he just... He doesn't even need to sit in front of the net. I'm not saying he's a sharpshooter or whatever. He just figures out a way to get in the greasy areas. Or like just or not even get in Mickey the Redman areas. voice. He finds himself in the right spots. And like that's not even like a like a I mean, he has that junk dog mentality. But like uh, it It's the hockey like, IQ that isn't a stat a recordable stat. Yeah. He just he yeah, he has I'm not saying he's like elite, elite, but he's got the vision and the ability to be able to say, "Hey, I think it's probably going to end up over there," or "I know how this puck is going to bounce," or yeah. um, his hand-eye coordination in front of the net is crazy. Yep. So, like, I don't think he's a very good skater. I feel like I no, see him. I would I agree see, with that. I, I feel like I see him fall down, but that's fine because he still figures out a way to play well. Um, or I should say, not an elite skater. I'll say that because he's. He's in the NHL. He's got to be a good skater. Um, and I feel like Bertuzzi is has some Glenn Denning qualities as far as like as far as like he's worth more to the team than what somebody would offer. Because as we've seen from all of like the the Toronto trade responses, like I I, I honestly couldn't tell you what Toronto would offer. Because they're a team, they're a team that's stuck. They need to keep their core together, but they also need to add. So how are you going to do that? You're already forced against the cap, so you're going to have to give us something back in value. And you're going against the brick wall that is Steve Eiserman. So like, you're not going to get a deal. No. And people who think we're going to get a deal, or like guys who are like kind of like borderline, like good play, like we're not going to accept that either. Bertuzzi is, a, is, I mean, one of the def- core pieces of this team. Right. Is he a top six player everywhere? No. Is he a top six player here? Yes. Could he be at his peak on a good team, a top six, like or a bottom, a bottom top six? So like that second line wing. Could he be that? Absolutely, I believe that. Um, so again, what do you offer? I don't know. I don't think it's enough. And that's not like, oh, we need McDavid. Like that's like if Toronto is our suitor, who does Toronto offer us that makes sense? I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer to that. People were saying Zach Hyman, um, but he's a free agent. And the yeah, people have said that he's linked to come to Detroit anyway because he went to U of M. Um, and he's a very good player. You could slide and him in. And we have the cap space. So, like. We have the cap space. No. And I've, I've said this in the beginning, too. I think the Red Wings could compete for the playoffs next year if everything goes right. If everything goes perfectly. Everything goes perfectly. But that's also before we had two Atlantic Division teams in the Stanley Cup final, <laughs> um, which makes things harder. a bit harder. Just a little. But again, you just got to win games. Um, and I think they'll take enough strides to win more games next year. Um, 
I think Especially. so. I think they'll probably be a middle middling team. Sure. I think like I'm gonna. They'll, I think they'll end the season probably around. Nineteen feels like a good number. I don't know why, but that's where I'm slotting them in. No, oh, 19th in the league. Okay. Yeah. No, what did you think I was going to, what I meant? I thought you meant like 19 wins. And I'm like, what? No, no, no. 19th in the league. Like, I think yeah. they're going to be like just a couple spots out of playoffs, but I don't think, because I think that the, we saw at the end of this year, the dumpster fire of um, whatever the heck was happening in Edmonton and in, you know, Ottawa and Buffalo, like just, the, they all fell apart. Um and I think the Detroit being run by Steve Eiserman for the last two-ish years has really helped us, help the team become more cohesive and play better. Sure. You know, because we can see, we saw what, you, you know, we saw what terrible front offices do to a team. Mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. good. And I think that those are probably just going to get more exacerbated, especially with the whole, like, New York Rangers that thing the with the their coaches the coach that got oh the, yeah, yeah the coach mm-hmm. got fired the g the gm got fired fired for whatever that whole nonsense just like wow that's yeah. a lot sure a lot. it's a lot of damage sure that makes sense but regardless i think i i still think the red wings are in a better place than that and especially getting rid of a player like I don't want to say getting rid of a player like Mantha, but I think when Verana played, he was playing 100%, and there was always questions of, is Mantha playing 100% every time he's on the ice? So if you're going to improve in one area from that trade, other than the production that we saw, that's what you're going to get Verana. He's going to play 100%. What that means for the rest of the team, I don't know. But it seems like Steve Eisenman is getting those guys out mm-hmm. and putting those guys who are going to give 100%. And that's ultimately just going to help your team make it better. Yeah. Um, and, and Bert is one of those guys that works 100% of the time. Bert's absolutely one of those guys. He has 115% of the time. All he has to days. be. Yep. He has to be, because if he doesn't, then he's... I mean, he's got to keep up with Larkin, and Larkin is on 150, 90% yeah. of the time, so... <sighs> Regardless, yeah. And then uh, what are they going to do with Glenn Denning, too? I don't know, he's a free agent. He's a free agent, so people... And then we got to like... talk about the Kraken draft, so... Oh, that's we can't talk about that right now. I know. We can't talk, we got to wait. And then Chris would, Chris Chris would, would want to be a part us. of that. <laughs> I will. I will say that whoever, well, whoever, my one, my one thing, whoever the Kraken take in their goaltender, it's going to be great. There are so many good goaltenders that are available that they can just pick out. Mm-hmm. So, they're they're going to be they're going to be solid. But let's move on. Um, the. To our- to our beloved Detroit Pistons, and yes, beloved, we do love our Pistons. We we're do. Just, we're learning more about them every day. Um, so Team USA has currently three Pistons on the roster, and that's mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart's only on the roster because of uh, a couple people in the NBA Finals still playing. Um, but uh, Sadiq Bey uh, came up to play in the exhibition game against Nigeria um, because they didn't, again, their NBA players from the finals are not in with the Team USA yet. Um, They needed placeholders. They needed placeholders. So Sadiq Bey played, um, and then also Jeremy Grant made the team outright. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that Uh, was exciting. Very exciting. Um, But in case you did not know or 
uh, <laughs> Team USA was a 28-point favorite against Nigeria, which also had some NBA talent. Um, they lost that game um, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Um, people don't know how, because, I mean, And it what? wasn't like, it wasn't a blowout. It no. was 90 to 87. But still, Team USA should not lose. Look at who was on this. Yeah. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, who's a great defensive player, Zach Levine, who's an up-and-coming star, Kevin Love, who's been in the league forever. Um, and then there's a bunch of other guys that didn't play that I have no clue who they are, but still, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that The starting five that they had, that would win an NBA championship every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they lost to Nigeria. How? Precious, uh, or no, Gabe Vincent had 21 points. I don't know who Gabe Vincent is. He plays for the Heat. Yeah. Uh, he, do- he don't start, I'm pretty sure. He don't start. Nope. Uh, there are... One of seven, pl- there are seven players on the Nigerian roster that play in the NBA. Oh, Jaleel Okafor is on the Nigerian roster. He didn't play. Wow, cool. And Golden State Warriors assistant coach Mike Brown is the head coach for Team Nigeria. That's the reason they won. They beat Mike Brown, better coach than Popovich, hands down. Just kidding. No, he's not. Um, not by any means, but um, this is this is a Detroit area podcast, um, so we're going to talk about the Pistons. So Jeremy Grant played in both Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant played. Um, Sadiq Bay had two rebounds, which cool, and he had a steal, which cool. Um, but he had he's of, good at two things. He's very good at. Yeah, there we go. Um, but Sadiq or Jeremy Grant played. He played for sixteen minutes. I'm assuming he was a rotation coming off the bench. Um, he had six points, a rebound, and three assists, one steal, uh, and he made, it says two field goals made, so he must have made two threes. Um, or, wait, yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah, 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 okay, never mind. Sorry, I was reading it wrong. Um, but his plus minus uh, was plus six, which was the tied for the highest on the team. Tied with Bradley Beal, who started and only had two points. Um, which, wow, surprising. Um, so, it's Nigeria. It's an exhibition game. doesn't really matter. It's before the Olympics. And then I, I don't think Jeremy Grant is going to play very much in the Olympics. Um, but in a game that must might be an afterthought, Jeremy Grant was one of your most uh, productive players on the court. With the starting five that you had? With the starting five that you had, um, pretty good, I guess. But I mean, that just that just speaks to uh, you know him earning his spot. A lot oh, of people yeah. were a lot of people were saying like, oh, he didn't deserve to be out or most improved player. Didn't deserve to be on the Team USA roster. Six minutes come or you know six points coming off the bench, being very as efficient as he was against the team that you should have beat but you didn't because everyone else pooped the bed as you as you're as a rotated man off the bench what more can you ask of a guy not a lot like you you can't working with what he's got right and uh, team usa is working with what they got which is a lot more than every other country in this tournament however um 
I didn't get to watch the game. I watched the tail end of it, and I, it was just surreal. I think um, there was an old 30 for 30 about the the other dream team, which was the 1992 Lithuania basketball team, and that was their first, I think, uh, international tournament. Um, but the Baltic states uh, up in Eastern Europe basketball crazy especially mm-hmm. lithuania um i think they finished they finished uh in third that year they got the bronze and like they like grateful dead t-shirts or something like that like they had tie-dye with like the lithuanian colors or whatever the good main. document good documentary um and they played team usa and got destroyed but like it was like it was like a good like friendship like thing like they learned a lot from them or whatever um still besides the point um why was it, where was I going with that? I have no idea, but I was along for the ride. I was having a fun time. The Grateful Dead came into it, so like... <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. I was just talking about Lithuania. I guess I have a soft spot for Lithuania. Um, but, yeah, like just the international talent pool, I think, was where I was trying to go with that. Um, still, like, to be productive, even in an exhibition game, coming off the bench, and then hoping down the future, or hoping down the road that he you know, gets in a couple games, because Team USA is going to win gold. If they don't win gold in basketball, that's pretty sad. It's happened before, where they've, mm-hmm. won, they've lost to, like, Spain or something like that. Um, but it'll be cool to see um, Jeremy Grant get some sort of medal, but also, like, him deserving to be there. Yeah. So it's not like, it's like oh, he is a Mickey Mouse medal or something. Like, no, he made the roster. He was one of the best American-born players in the in the league this year. Um, and he deserves that roster spot. So it, keep playing with that chip on your shoulder, Jeremy Grant. It's what made you good here, and it's what's going to make the Pistons a very great team. And maybe not very great. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but a very good team in the future is, is guys and guys like you with the mentality that you have. So Jeremy Grant, always a fan of the pod. Um, we believe in you, and come on the pod sometime. <laughs> I don't know. He's Welcome not, anytime. He's not listening, but that's okay. Maybe no. he is. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that that was cool to see. I liked I liked looking at that stat line. That made me smile a little bit. Yeah. Also, the Team USA jerseys are kind of trash. You don't like them? Yeah. Look, they're not up. my favorite. I just I I guess I have no opinions. Kind of trash. Okay. Maybe the white ones are better. I don't know. I haven't seen them. I don't know if they've been released. I think they played in the white. I haven't been watching. Yeah, I, I watched highlights, man. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm trying to see if they have a picture of them. What uh, don't you like about the blue ones? It's It just doesn't seem like a USA jersey. I don't know. I, but I guess like soccer. I mean, it, it says USA in the front, but like. Well, yeah. I think like soccer has changed that too because like they've got like a weird like I don't I don't know I would just I I would like my USA jerseys to look more like the American flag but I guess you can only do so much with that to make it look like the American flag I guess I can see that so it's like I don't know I think they're basing this off the stars if you look at like the waistband of the shorts they have the 50 stars oh that's cool as like a belt buckle but that's it's, really it's cool. not actually a belt buckle. It's just. Oh, no! I see. Oh, that's cool. Can you see that? I like that. So like, there's no red, except for you know the little baby flag in the corner. But 
but also that material looks like it should be like on like an athletic like shirt, not a jersey. Like that. Aren't basketball pattern. jerseys like they're not? No, no, they're jerseys. I've got a few. All right. Guess I don't have a basketball jersey to compare it to. So you got to get one. You got to get a Pistons I, one. I know. I'm working on it, man. Well, work harder. I, dude, I have so much money hemorrhaging just from my being right now. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. But I think that's... Anything else? Closing thoughts, Noel? I don't know. Do you, what do you want me to do at the All-Star Game on your behalf? Oh, I don't know. If I'm going to have to think about that. If I go. I don't know. I might, I might get a text. I'll let you know by tomorrow morning. <laughs> It better be early. My flight's at 6 a.m. <laughs> My flight's at 6 a.m. there and 6 a.m. back. That's brutal, but it, it'll be worth. It'll be worth it. <laughs> Are you gonna nap on Wednesday at all? Oh, I have a layover in Minnesota, so. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to going to the effing All Star game. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, I have to text her. I have to see if I see if I got it. But yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll talk to Chris. Yeah. Too. He's got he's to shoot us his, his demands. I'm sure he's got ideas. I'm sure he's probably going to make you do something ridiculous. Yeah. Because that that kid goes zero or 120 and there's no in between. Sure. It's true. Love him. But Love him to death. All right. You were closing I us out, done. Noel. Yeah, we're done. I can close us out. We're done. Sounds good. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on uh, wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Music, Spot, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Um, give us a follow at the CNC Sports Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you. We do have an email account, so feel free to shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts. If you want to be a guest, we have open spots, so we'll Maybe. bet you very minimally and. You can come on for one of the summer episodes where Chris isn't here. We'll just be the ultimate hype men, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deuces, y'all. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.